I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. We're two whiskey pals serving a weekly whiskey podcast and rocking your whiskey world. Exploring the whiskies and distilleries of the world and meeting amazing people along the way. We'll be sticking our noses into our jams and all things whiskey. So fill your whiskey glass and join the fun. A warm whiskey sisters welcome. Hello there and thank you to those that tuned into our Springbank episode last week. I got some nice feedback, didn't I, Inca? Yeah, I did loads of good stuff. Thanks so much, everyone. So this week we are diving deeper into Scottish rye whiskey and Arbeaky distillery. Shame we haven't got time to visit there yet. I know, right? I'm always talking to the guys who own the distillery and I keep saying like, oh yeah, I want to come, like I'm coming to Scotland, I'm going to come and visit, but then I can never fit it in. And I feel really bad because I'm always saying I'm going to come and then I never go, but I will one day soon, hopefully. Teasing them with the, you know, the prospect of your presence. I do really want to go and it's an amazing location and just, yeah, I just think so they're great the east, anyway. East coast of Scotland, south of Aberdeen, is that correct? Um, it's basically overlooking the Lunan Bay. It's beautiful. Nice. So like last time I was there, the whisky wasn't even ready. So that was like ages ago. I think it was 2017. Yeah. Can't even remember that year anymore. That'd be nice <laughs> to go back and compare. Yeah. So today we're sampling our picky 1794 Highland Rise Single Grain Scotch Whiskey Batch 22 and Limited Edition Highland Rise Single Grain Scotch Whiskey finished for one year in Jamaican Rum Barrel. <laughs> yes, we're very pleased to have our samples of those. Thank you so much. But first, let's stick our noses into the latest whiskey news. Stick your nose in it. Old Pultney Distillery is taking the proactive decision to pause production for eight weeks in the summer due to possible water shortages. Oh Ooh. my God. Yeah. It comes after the Scottish Environment Protection Agency, known as SEPA, issued a warning for the first time in 2023 and asked businesses to give thought to measures to reduce the volume used or to consider an alternative source. Normally, they are pausing for four weeks, but this summer they are extending for eight we take our commitment to sustainability and environment very seriously, and this is the right thing to do to protect and preserve our local water supply. We have planned for this scenario to minimize the impact it will have on distillery's overall output, plus our teams will be undertaking training and range of other tasks while production is paused. We will continue to work closely with SEPA and surrounding community to monitor and manage water use at the distillery over the long term says the distillery. I bet when the staff first heard that they thought Yaldi were going to get a couple of months off for a big juicy summer but it sounds <laughs> like they're keeping them busy. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, no, I think it's great uh, what they're doing. And obviously distilleries use tons and tons of water. So this is great. If Scotland's short on water, then it's a bad sign for the planet. Jeez, oh. I know. You know what? I think it was actually, I want to say it was 2017, might have been 2018, when I was in Scotland. That was when they had really dry summer. The water was drying everywhere and everyone's yeah. freaking out because, yeah, Scotland has so much water. Definitely. Like, I think Loch Ness has more water than whole of England. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So talking about sustainability, Volvo Trucks and Shiva's Brothers, they are launching a two-year pilot programme that will see Scotland's first electric semi-truck transporting the country's largest export, Scotch whisky. So the truck being used in Shiva's Royal's 
pilot is capable of hauling about 24 tonnes of whiskey per journey and it'll cover up to 300 miles a day, clocking up at least 62,000 miles in a year. And the programme is designed to push the truck to its full capabilities and that'll help the industry understand how electrification can benefit heavy trucks in the future. Shiva's Brothers has estimated that the single truck could cut its emissions by 115 tonnes per annum and it's got a goal of cutting its overall carbon footprint by 50% by 2030. I think also with those trucks, you know, like Scotland, there's lots of rural areas where they have distilleries and, you know, they go through towns and small communities. So they're obviously creating a lot of pollution and also just ruining the roads. It's great that they are trying to do something. So that's like electric, same as electric cars, like they'll have the quiet engine. Yeah, yeah. I think they had quite a few batteries and so obviously massive trucks, so they need much more. So it's obviously a big test, but I think they got quite a few batteries. I find electric cars terrifying because you can't hear them when you're just about to cross the road and then they just like pour past you. I know. In Florence, (laughs) in the city centre, you're not allowed to use normal cars or maybe some of the residents have special permits for certain time. Yeah, the taxis and all the buses, they have this little beep. So if someone, if they realise that people are not hearing them, they go like beep, beep, beep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) People getting squidged all over the place. But these are good measures. So do you remember the 52-year-old Bulmer that came in a funky decanter? You know, this one was actually quite nice looking and not super scary like the McAllen three-handed monster. Was it kind of triangular, round base, but triangle top? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. it was actually one of the quite nice looking ones, which had one of Bowmore's oldest whiskies, Bowmore Arc 52, the Mokume edition. It was just recently sold at auction for £225,000. Whoa. Yeah, but all proceeds raised from the auction will go towards a dedicated fund to support a community of Isla. Wow. Mm. So I love it that they give it back to the island, you know. So in some highly important Whiskey World news, Rod Stewart has announced the release of Wolfie's Whiskey on social media, a project that he reveals has been two years in the making and that Stewart called a rascal of a thing. And it takes you back to the good old days. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just like, I'm trying to hold a laugh, but when I see (laughs) here the Wolfie, I just see his face and his crazy hair, like his hair. (laughs) I know. That awesome hair that he's managed to sustain through the day. I know I think I told you this recently you know when I was at the Great Scots bar and they have all these Great Scots on the wall although they should have more women and you know it's a bit questionable who they have there but there was a picture of Rod Stewart singing when he was younger with his long (laughs) kind of blondish hair all the pictures are black and white but because I'm blind as a bat like my eyes are like in Finland, we say wooden eyes because I can't see anything. So I was just looking at it and asking my husband, like, who's that blonde woman singing at the end? I think, like, it looks like Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> and he was dying with laughter. He was like, oh, my God, it's Rod Stewart. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so he's getting in on the whiskey business. And this whiskey is blended and bottled at Loch Lomond Distillery, who we are mm. big fans of. At 40% ABV, Wolfie's is described as having flavours of warming cinnamon, fresh vanilla and baked apple. In fact, somebody tagged us on Instagram, didn't they, when they saw this bit of news and said that that's perhaps one for us uh, to 
review with Vic Galloway. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Vic, yeah. if you're listening, if you're up for it, let's do it. Actually, those tasting notes really sound like Loch Lomond, like quite familiar, I think. Yeah, definitely. Are you a fan of Rod Stewart's music? Uh, it's not something I listen much, but you do hear it all the time, don't you? Yeah, he was on a lot in the house when I was growing up, and I like some of the old classics like Maggie Mae and stuff like that. But I wouldn't like go to put him on like as kind of first choice. But I have a bit of a soft spot. Yeah, I know. No, can't diss him because I actually sent him a message on Twitter or like commented on the thing and said, "Do you want to come on the podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I said, come and talk about whiskey. Oh, You'll be see. battering down our door anytime soon. Yeah. On the downtown train. Whiskey Sisters, the podcast. So, as I mentioned earlier, last time as an RBK distillery was 2017. So, a lot has changed since then. So, obviously, they didn't have the whiskey. Now they got all these whiskeys coming out. They have proper visitor center, which opened last year. All the amazing gins that they do and they vodka. I'm from Finland, obviously. I grew up drinking vodka. I love it. And RBK does one of the best ones. They har vodka is superb um, oh nice yeah they did all like their spirits are really really nice even beyond whiskey if any any of our listeners likes gins or vodkas i recommend you try based in a beautiful part of scotland east coast of angus with the distillery overlooking the lunan bay have you been to lunan bay do you know no, i don't know that area all that well white sand you know beautiful sea oh it's just so beautiful and it happened to be a really sunny day when i went to visit so we I went to the Lunan Bay first and then went to Arbiki and it was great. So the focus at Arbiki is on growing their own ingredients as well as sourcing botanicals locally. This ensures there are fewer food miles and the primary waste from distilling is recycled to feed the cattle. They are committed to keeping the environmental impact as low as possible. So since they opened in 2014, they've been working on establishing a number of juniper plantations across the estate and planting approximately a thousand plants a year there. And as we know, juniper is critical for gin production, but the majority of the UK's juniper species is under threat from a pathogen. Ooh, Along with juniper plants, they've planted thousands of hedges peas and oak trees. Growing oak trees will take at least 50 years, but Arbiki Distillery is a long-term project of creating a legacy family business. And this oak will allow them to have their own new oak cast for maturing whiskey in the future when the next generation is running the distillery. So I think that's really lovely, isn't it, with that long-term planning? Yeah, I remember when I visited there, they had just planted the first of the juniper. It takes ages to grow, so obviously it's just like thinking ahead. It's not like they can use it straight away, but I quite like that they are, you know, thinking about everything. And if anyone kind of found weird when they said peas, but actually one of their gins is made with peas. I was just thinking that. I love peas that are just, you know, you're popping open the pea pods and they're yeah. super tasty. But I was thinking, I wonder if they just like peas. So that's answered my <laughs> yeah. question. No, they literally like, instead of using a grain to make the spirit, they make it from peas. That's excellent. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, the Highland Estate is a working farm and one of the largest potato farms in Britain, actually. The Stirling family started farming on the west coast of Scotland in 1660s, but after many generations moved the farm to the east coast of Angus around 1920s. It is currently owned by three brothers, Ian, John and David Stirling. The brothers all grew up working on the farm and after they pursued 
careers away from the family land, they all returned to work together to start something new on the estate. It was something they all felt passionate about and they turned an empty farm building into a distillery. Nearly all the ingredients are planted and harvested at the farm or immediately nearby and even the water comes from the underground lagoon. It really makes me think like terroir that, you know, those oh, yeah. locally sourced and, you know, being exactly. super away all the flavours that they're they're bringing into their product. Yeah, they're super into the terroir and that's make me think of like Waterford Distillery, like they are kind of similar, super interested in the flavours of yeah. what, like what you can get nearby. And not only that, there are actually records showing that there used to be a distillery on their land dating all the way back to 1794 and the distillery that's there today is a stone's throw from their fields. The first single estate distillery to distill all their spirits in the same copper pot stills with the vodka and gin spirit continuing their journey to their 40 plate distillation column. And the distilling team is led by their master distiller Kirsty Black and she is listed in the top 10 female master distillers in the world by Spirits Business Magazine. Well done her. As well as Christian Perez. And unlike single malt, single grain whiskies do not need to be made using just malted barley. In fact other cereals such as wheat, corn or rye can also be used as and if you're interested in single grain whiskies more in detail, make sure to listen to our previous episode where we covered all this topic in detail. At RPG, they only use rye, wheat and barley to make their Highland rye whiskies first rye scotch in over 100 years. So that's pretty cool. Very cool. Super unique. So have you tried any of the previous releases at all? No, I haven't tried any before today. Oh, what about you? They sent me a little bottle of the 2020 release mm-hmm. and it was delicious. Like I was literally squeezing out every drop I could get <laughs> from that 200 ml bottle. And I have to say, like, it was very different to the ones that we're trying today. But I'll tell you about it in a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. Okay, so let's get sampling. Dram on fire. First up today are BK 1794 Highland Rye Single Grain Scotch Whiskey 80, no, not 84% ABV, that'd be <laughs> a wee bit strong, <laughs> 48% ABV, matured in new charred American oak casks. Not sure about the char level, but it's priced at £95 a bottle. The 1794 obviously comes from the records of the original distillery that was on their lands, if anyone missed that point. Um, okay, so color what do you think i think it's an orangey amber exactly orangey dark coppery ambery yeah it's quite a pretty color in my opinion yeah it's nice the nose was so strong for me on you know like loose leaf black tea oh like i used to have this black tea with kind of this kind of blue flowers in it i can't i don't know what the flowers were Mm -hmm. but it smells like that and with the hint of Earl Grey and maybe slightly something woody there, but I really couldn't get past the tea. Like, did you get anything else? Do you know, the Earl Grey is a very good shout because I think Earl Grey is quite floral, but it's not just, you know, a flowery smell. So I think that's a really good shout for this. Yeah, it's a bit musty. I'm going back to it with air and I'm actually not getting too much in the nose. Earlier, I got a kind of warm banana bread, a ripe peaches, and also like a melted butter, butteriness on the nose. Ah, that's funny, actually, because on the palate, I was getting toasted bread. And I was thinking like, oh, maybe there's like a little toasted bread with a little bit melted butter. So yeah, it's funny you get that on the nose. 
even now that it's been in the glass for a while, I still can't get past the tea. I just not, I'm not getting anything else. You're all about that Aero Grey. It's weird. I'm getting something slightly fermented now, going back, super ripe fruit, almost going into kind of a sour fermentation-y smell. What did you get on the palate? So yeah, that toasty bread, um, some oat biscuits, white pepper spice. I think there was kind of heat, kind of warmth of, you know, maybe when you eat red chili or something that's not like super spicy, but it just gives you kind of warming feeling. The spiciness is kind of classic, kind of what you would maybe expect from rye. Yes. Um, this one, I was expecting this to be like really sweet because the 2020 was so kind of sweet and it was spicy, but sweet. But this is not sweet at all. Maybe tiny, tiny bit, but not like in the same way. I don't think it's that sweet either. I found it not so much now I'm going back to sip, but initially I found it quite a nippy mouthfeel, quite a tart flavour, like maybe gooseberry, quite a strong cinnamon spice. Yeah, I was thinking maybe some cinnamon as well. That gooseberry is actually quite interesting now that you said it. You know, like red gooseberry, the red ones are slightly sweeter. Like maybe yeah. now that I put it in my head, I'm thinking, oh yeah, maybe actually that could be it. But certainly a kind of quite a sharp fruitiness, not yeah. too sweet. No, no, like they're, well, they're not really red. Maybe they're a bit more purple. They look like grapes, like, you know, same color, the darker grapes. I don't know if I've seen them. Oh, really? Oh, like we have them in Finland. I used to always have them in the garden. The nice. Nordic countries have got epic berries. Yeah, I know. I have to say, like, I love all the currants and gooseberries and yeah. bacon berries and cloud berries, like all yeah. kind of weird stuff. I found the finish difficult to describe. What about you? I think... The finish is not too long. It's quite short. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm still getting kind of breadiness or oatiness or something like that, like porridge oats. Mm -hmm. It's kind of growing on me now when I'm sipping it again. But I guess because I was expecting something completely different. So I'm quite surprised by it. I can get on board with the porridginess on the finish. I found it quite, un like I felt my mouth felt almost numb a little bit on the finish earlier, but that certainly softened now. Okay, well, let's go to the next one just to compare. Third limited edition Highland Rye. Uh, finished for one year in Jamaican rum barrel. The previous cast selection was finished in Armagnac, but I'm not sure what the first one was, but this is the third one. And this one is bottled at 46% APV and priced at whopping £250. Ooh! Yeah, and only 470 bottles were available. So thank you very much, RPG, for sending us these samples. So this much luxury priced set. We are very yeah. lucky girls. Yeah, the colour. I think it was much more, like it was more gold than yellow. Yeah, definitely more gold than yellow. So on the previous one, I was just couldn't get past the tea. Mm -hmm. On this one on the nose, it's so tropical. It's like pineapple in every mm -hmm. form, like fresh pineapple. And then like, you know, those supermarket pineapple juice. And that's like, and like tinned fruit salad and some fresh mango. The pineapple is like, it's really hard to get past of any of this like tropicalness. Nice. I love pineapple. I actually got a really strong walnut on the nose at first. You know, that oily walnut, like if you're like crushing them up or something. Wow. Amazing. And a little bit of kind of ground coffee bean, a ripe banana fruitiness, but absolutely agree on the tropical fruit. Maybe like a kind of papaya, that lovely, mm. juicy papaya. Yeah. I really enjoyed it on the nose. Yeah, very, um, like the rum is definitely strong. Yeah. 
going strong. So on the palate, I found it surprisingly dry because okay. the nose was so juicy and like tropical. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, it's going to be different, but it was quite dry. Um, there was some spicy, savory saltiness. Mm -hmm. And then have you ever been to Thailand? No, I've not. So in Thailand, they sell as a dessert type of thing. They have like these carts everywhere that they're selling mango rice. So they have mango this like, rice. Yeah. So it's like oh. a dessert. They have this like really sticky rice. Mm -hmm. And I think it's maybe made in like coconut milk or something like that. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. And they have, fre they have fresh mango on top of it. So I was getting that like on the palate. Mm. And then I was... I guess I was just transferred to Thailand mm -hmm. and then I was also getting coriander because obviously that's like very common mm -hmm. in like mm -hmm. Asian countries. But then I was also getting like, I'm, I'm super into my herbs at the moment. I have to say, I'm like growing mm -hmm. all sorts of herbs in my terrace. I'm going to say, are you growing some? That's cool. I'm like growing loads of stuff. I'll get some herb growing advice from you for, for salads, eh, listeners, not for yeah. smoking. <laughs> Yeah. yeah well but then I was thinking I'm getting chives like I love chives but then oh, chives thinking, are good how can you have onion in your whiskey like that doesn't sound very good but like it's just like that crunchy chive kind of yeah almost but like and there's a, a wee bit of a spice to a chive isn't there yeah a little bit of spice maybe a little bit of something citrus in there like in the chive you know and then yeah like um oaky dryness a little bit so yeah, that so was my nice. like traveling all over the world. I love that. We've just been on a real journey with you there. Do you know, I'm, I was smiling to myself when you were giving your tasting notes for the last dram because a lot of those echo what I get for this one. So I kind of feel their taste related in that sense because I was getting a toasted brioche bread with kind of melted butter into it. But a definite spice. I've got a white pepper spice, maybe like a kind of gingery biscuit, but I can definitely get on board with your herbs. Actually, now that you said that toasted brioche, you know, when they do those ones with buns with um, raisins or something like that, yeah. they're really sweet. Yeah, but there's some sort of dried fruit in it. Now that you mentioned that, I'm like, mm, actually, I could relate to that. And I get the oatiness on the finish for this kind of a creamy, oaty. Definitely for me, it was a longer finish than the other Arbiki. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think the finished finish, like a really aftertaste in your mouth a few minutes after you sampled it i was still getting that tropical thing and you know like uh, something kind of tropical flavored hard-boiled candies okay. and when you suck them a little bit and after you're eating that kind of leaves like a funky taste in your mouth yeah and maybe a little bit like the inside of your gums are a little bit like yeah yeah because it's like quite it's quite sugary in a way yeah. like there's probably a word that describes that but i don't know it so what what do you what's your overall feel? Do you know I wasn't really sure what to expect, and although I liked um, Blackens Rye the Lightning, I haven't been like super on fire for rye. So I think I'm a little bit like a wee bit scared, too strong, but a wee bit hesitant maybe. So it's been really well. It's been an honour to be getting um, to try both of these. I much prefer. The second dram, the cask 79 with the rum finish. What about you? I think I preferred the second one, although the first one is kind of growing on me on the palate, but mm -hmm. the nose just, I, I couldn't really connect with the nose. And I, I actually, I'm quite positively surprised. Like, I think what you expect a lot from single grain whiskey, they're normally quite sweet. There's certain flavors that you're kind of used to. I like that this is probably a bit more rye heavy. Yeah. Um, 
so there's more of that spiciness and I, i'm not not usually like massive fan of spicier whiskies but i think it really comes together here yeah they've got a nice balance to everything yeah would i pay 250 for that probably not um but then i appreciate that they are very niche and they are doing everything in a lot like a terroir and local way so i think that's reflected in that price yeah yeah i like shoes and things too much so that would be too pricey for me (laughs) i know exactly god you could get like five pairs of shoes for that money for sure Two bottles of whiskey and three pairs of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but we do really like your beaky. Yes, and we will come and visit and sample even more of all the good stuff. And we'll wear cool shoes when we come. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. Okay, so you know how I love my cult movies. So today's fact is a movie-related whiskey fact. Yay! However, <laughs> I like when you're doing a fact. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the listeners know Jen's in charge of the fact. It'll be more pop culture than historical <laughs> wisdom. But anyway, so it's not exactly an endorsement for them, but Jack Daniel's whiskey plays a key role in Stanley Kubrick's 1980 psychological horror film, The Shining, the adaption of Stephen King's novel of the same name. So Jack Torrance, the character played by Jack Nicholson, is in a bar at the creepy hotel and he's joined by a ghostly bartender at a stocked bar that was previously empty and is served Jack Daniel's after asking for a bourbon. So There are loads of internet theories around this about what that kind of represents as Stanley Kubrick, the director, is super famous for his attention to detail. And some people think that it's not real, it's like a mirage or part of his psychosis, or that the Jack Daniels represents Jack, the character himself, falling into his old drinking habits and him spiralling out of control. Oh, so what? what's your, like, therapist opinion? <laughs> <laughs> I've got no clue, but I really like reading all the theories. <laughs> About this movie, it's actually quite a number of years since I've seen it, but such an iconic movie, a lot of it stuck in my mind. Is it a movie you've seen, Inca? Oh, my God, yeah. I, like, I have a funny story. Like, a lot of the movie theatres in Italy are quite stunning, like, old oh, and all that. Nice. Anyway, so quite like going hang out and you get, get wine and you know a few drinks or whatever you want to so but they only do films in original language every so often like what? you know oh, okay, so you right. have to like jump you, you don't really have much choice it's just like maybe once yeah. a month they have something so i saw that oh they have shining <laughs> let's go and watch it like just for fun it'll be great and then <laughs> I don't know why I, I made a complete mistake and we rocked up there. We bought some wine. We're like, you know, set up on these kind of couch things and it's all good. And then it's dubbed in Italian. Oh my God. <laughs> I tell you, it's even scarier <laughs> than in English. Oh my God. And But it's quite a funny movie to watch in Italian, dubbed in Italian because they, they don't actually have that many words in it. But yes. then it's all like screaming and like aggressive or like crazy stuff. <laughs> And those little twins on the little carts, the little go-karts, terrifying. You know when we we have that picture of you with the puna bottle and you like... Here's Johnny. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That looks like that was... But that 
bit in Italian, dubbed in Italian, was really horrendous. <laughs> yeah, I only have like two looks for photos, like big cheesy grin or slightly terrified mad person. That seems to be my two looks. <laughs> but I do like Jack Nicholson, although I think very intense guy he seems. But yeah, it's yeah quite oh. a movie. Do you have any other movies that you like where he's in? What's the one when he he's the neighbor and the guy has the dog? Is that and, called and he's got obsessive compulsive disorder? Yeah. Oh, I watched yeah. that recently. I can't remember what it's called, but oh my God, that was so good. Yeah, it is such a good film, isn't it? And although it's a bit harrowing, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is again another iconic classic. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you should always have whiskey when you're watching his movies. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And maybe even afterwards if, to settle your settle your soul. Well, so anyway, talking about JD, actually, um, I came across the fact that an enslaved man named Nathan Nearest Green taught Jack Daniel the art of whiskey distillation. No way. So, so Green taught Jack sugar maple charcoal filtering, today known as the Lincoln County process universally accepted critical step in making of Tennessee whiskey and we actually mentioned this fact previously again another episode for you guys to listen to but with this process whiskey is filtered through wooden charcoal chips before being placed in casks for aging a technique food historians believe was inspired by a similar charcoal filtering techniques used to purify water and foods in West Africa that so is how so cool isn't yeah. it and I saw that like JD they basically were like they missed this part of the history for a long time for like yeah. years and someone was doing lots of research and now they like very open about it honoring that now and honoring yeah. this this man Nathan yeah, yeah exactly cool. but like very I thought it was a very cool fact that's very cool you've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters podcast thank you for listening and everybody might be starting to get a little bit busy with some cheeky cheeky summer plans but we hope that you keep listening on the beach with a highball at the ready gosh it's june already i just can't believe it i know my freckles will be coming out soon <laughs> yeah. our listeners who've been following us for a while know that jen has not been too keen on artberg and obviously we tried some of the special releases which maybe not been as good as your classic art book range you know um the core range so i'm on a mission to change jen's mind so let's yes. see what happens you did say the last time i was moaning about our berg just bear with it so i'm semi-excited semi-terrified keep up to date with us if you don't already please on instagram at whiskey sisters.podcast twitter at whiskey sisters and facebook at whiskey sisters podcast and we would love to hear from you for you to let us know what whiskies you're enjoying right now any topics you would like us to cover or any random chat let's be hearing from you don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review because all the other ones don't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, if there's no five stars, don't bother. Exactly. Save your time. <laughs> Have another dram. Okay, honey, see you on the smoky side. See you. Uh, I'm already like Peter. <laughs> see ya, see ya. <laughs> it's like the shining. Joking on the phone. <laughs> oh, my God.